and welcome to another episode of pod stallions i am brian and with me as always to my left is jason hello everyone and we are joined by josh Izzo. and josh has been in the licensing entertainment brand business for over 20 years and he's worked on popular properties such as star wars pokemon xeno warrior princess alien predator avatar and many many more uh those are pretty big name josh welcome Thanks so much for having me, gentlemen. This is a lot of fun. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So this is uh, this is rad. Great to and have you, Josh. I've I've known. I think Josh, you remember when we first met, like over a decade ago, or a decade ago, or a little less? It's Comic Con. It it was probably in in person. It was probably Comic Con. But I'm I think we might have met when I was at Hasbro because for a short time when I was there, I was working on their collectibles business, and I'm pretty sure pretty sure that i reached out to you to like sell you chill you some junk oh, like that's... hey buy mr potato head from me or some nonsense like that and you know when bit bank pow was like doing its thing um so that might have been where it first started and that was like early 2000s yeah so it's been a while that sounds right and then and then fox i mean we, i know we, we met up at fox a bunch of times and we oh, talked heck about yeah. stuff heck um, yeah so we go back a ways and, and Josh is, you just, you know, I always say this about you. I don't want to give you a big head, but just gotcha. Josh is one of the good guys. He, he, he's, on, he's on, you know, being on the other side of how this stuff, you know, how the sausage gets made and stuff. He's the guy you want in your corner because he loves so much stuff and knows so much stuff. You, you rarely get that in licensing where the person knows the property the way you do when you're coming you know, in. I just was arguing this today online. Uh, I worked in licensing and so few fans in it. Like it's so sad sometimes when you're dealing with these people. Because right. it's, it's tricky enough, but if, yeah. you know, if you gotta, if you gotta get the secret language going, it just, everything just takes more time. And Josh is just one of these people that has this encyclopedic brain for all this stuff that we yeah. love. Um, well, there's the thing. You, what he does. You've, the the you know nerd culture has become popular culture yeah. i think you know we can all agree on that coming from where we all come from and doing the things that we do and loving the things that we love um and everything that us nerds and i say that lovingly everything that we do want and love and want to consume we all wanted to have authenticity and if you can't, and if, you know, you buy a book or you buy a DVD or you have the extras or you're, you're picking up something and it doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't have that, like it, to your point, it, it doesn't resonate with you like the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. It feels, it feels corny. Yeah. It's not like it's, it feels like it, it's not made for you anymore. It's like, oh, I want something deeper. I want a richer experience. I want something that is actually that, that I can bring my passion to it. So that's, you know, I've done that 
in my career, I've, I've had a great time doing it. And, and I appreciate you saying that, Brian, because I, I hope that I can bring when I'm doing that, like, hey, I'm going to license this alien action figure. Let's add let's add all those little details and noodly bits, because the people that are spending 15, 29, 79, 100, 300 dollars on these things, that matters. Well, well I, I just wanted to go to one point. I was working on a Beyblades, I think, once yep, for I remember work. That. And, and I was doing, was it Beyblades? Or, it was something where you tournament fight. That's and right. I, I was doing a, uh, a package that, you know, you put the stickers on the front and you put it on, you know, the stickers mm-hmm. on the back, you know. And I was like, I need your, like, uh, I need a graphic for the, the arena. And they're like, oh, we don't have that. And it's Uh like, seems like the kind of thing you might want to include in a licensing package, you know, and, and and I had to draw it. And I just, I just remember going like, I I don't know if it was, I don't think it was Beyblades. I think it was like, I get those all mixed up because I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan. I was just working on it, but if it was Yu-Gi-Oh or Bakugan or whatever it was. Yeah, one of those, you know, import products. Uh And I just remember sitting there going like. Wouldn't, why wouldn't the arena be in all of the license, the marketing materials? You know, but like see, there, there's something else interesting that that's happened here. I think like everything we're, we're sort of talking about. We were we we, I mean, both of us. Josh is a little younger, but you know, but we're of the generation that we came up with all these things. You know, yep. Amigo and Star Wars and da 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 da, and like the generation that grew up with this stuff has become the people that are in charge of a lot of it, creatively, but also every now and then someone like Josh in the licensing area where you, I don't think you would have had that encyclopedic knowledge, you know, 30 years ago, you know, like we were excited about, you know, when, uh, what was it? Kenner did the alien stuff, you know, mm-hmm. after the, after the second movie or the third movie, whatever, you know, we'd look at that now and go, that looks like nobody, you know, it's, it is what it is, but are excited to have it at the time. But because the other, the people that were in charge were the ones that really didn't know this stuff. And then something happens where you get into those positions and because, we we love that stuff back then and we felt like we didn't get quite what we wanted or whatever. Those are the people you want in charge of this stuff or like to be involved in. Yeah. Creating. I think it's a generational thing that we, we kind of lucked out that we sort of got to, to drive the ships and stuff. But, um, but Josh yeah. is also a, a big collector. Oh, and yeah. he loves doing customs, uh, brilliant customs. I might have oh, had They're making me blush. And uh, and I've got very proudly. I have not only, um, I believe, Josh, your first set of customs you did, or one of mm-hmm. your first did Thundar and Ukla and Ariel from yep. from Thunder the Barbarian. Yep. You very very uh, generously gifted those to me because you know how much I love the the show. Yep. But I've got a custom from Josh of Rick Deckard from Blade Runner, a three and three quarter inch figure that goes with the spinner that I have that came with the Japanese uh, Blu-ray set. Uh, he did me uh, 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 Donald Glover Lando yep. from, end of the, from the end of Solo in the white outfit, which is so really good. Beautiful. And um, I've also got your uh, you said, did, did a set of Daft Punk figures, like four yep. inch riffing on the Power Man, I mean, uh, Power Lords uh, stuff. Uh, and I love them. They're great. So I have some of his work in my home as well. And he's Aww. just a good dude. Good and he, he has chosen uh, a topic for the show, which is Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't uh, have a more to say <laughs> on this subject. So this is great. Oh, Sadly, cool. We're only going to be talking about uh, Ray Harryhausen's wardrobe and his yes. family. 
won't be covered. <laughs> and, and, and his teetotalism. And his teetotalism <laughs> and his favorite music. We will not be covering any of his work. But no, that's those, overdone. That's played out. Those sweater vests are something else. <laughs> something else. His, his correspondences with Forrest J. Ackerman. <laughs> oh, boy. We're just going to read all of yeah. that right now. Yeah. So, so why don't we do this, and then I'll go to Josh, and then Brian, you pick up the baton. But Josh, what can you recall? What your first understanding? You know, you might have seen something, but when did you make the connection and went, "Oh, that's the guy who did Sinbad," or "That's the guy that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally. So, I can I can think of a very few select kind of intellectual properties or like brands from when I was a kid. And, and again, I'm a little bit younger than, than you fellas 44 this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit younger. So I was prime little kid age in the early to mid eighties. I was like right there, like full on little kid Toys R Us, Saturday morning cartoons, everything. I grew up, even though you chuggleheads were doing the same thing, but you were like old and weird. But we, yeah, don't we were talk popping about zits and yeah, yeah we were we about that. Yeah, but, like, I I had started a protection racket at that point. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, heck yeah. Um. So I just a little backstory. My I grew up in a very like super media household. My oh. dad watched TV all the time. He was he and his brother, who was two or three years younger than he was, every Saturday. I think like a lot of that generation, hit, hit, their parents were like, "Here's here's like fifty cents, go to the movies." And they basically went every Saturday to see the movies, and they quoted Marx Brothers. They spoke in movie quotes, and I know that you guys can appreciate that. Oh, like, awesome. you know that you know those people. We are those people. So they yeah. would like, when they get together, there's no real conversation. It's just movie quotes. Anyway. My wife and I are mostly Simpsons quotes at this there point. There you go. Yeah. Exact perfect analog. So, growing up, I was I was my dad was we watched a lot of stuff. You know, like I went to the movies all the time and we watched TV all the time and you know, like most kids my age and and guys your age, you know, Star Wars was of course a like mind-blowing transcendent experience that was like life-changing like holy toledo this thing exists omg <laughs> but one of the other movies that like left an absolutely indelible mark on my brain was clash of the titans oh that uh, i would i was a fanatic for greek mythology yeah. Okay. I had okay. that phase too. Yeah. So I think I, you're right. Every kid, every little kid, every boy goes through that. Like, whoa, sure. cool, great. And you, I devoured books, and I loved it. I watched a ton of Steve Reeves Hercules yes. movies. Hercules, exactly. So that perfect, perfect example. But Clash of the Titans was like something I couldn't even believe this existed. From you know Perseus's magical weapons to you know the clockwork owl boobo and then you get then like okay giant scorpions and medusa and like these living breathing things that were real medusa yeah. was real she was a real character that scared the hell out of me as a kid yeah. listening to the soundtrack with her like creepy snake music that was terrifying but from there that you know, seeing that on screen and being like, what is that? How do you do it? Because Star Wars, right? You had the hollow chest table 
But that was mm-hmm. only I, like seven seconds. You know what I mean? So you made that. So you made your brain made that connection that. that well, no, not yet. Not looks- yet. I, I hadn't gotten there yet. But like, but like first it was Clash of the Titans. And then my dad was like, oh, yeah, you like that? Well, here, here's this other thing. Here's Sinbad. And, and you know, here's Sinbad. And here's Eye of the Tiger. And, here, you know, like here. Then he started like spoon. He will, and I already knew King Kong. Here's Willis O'Brien. And he did this. And then the kind of like the concentric circles just grew out from there. But like Harryhausen started that kind of fascination with mythology and with stop motion animation and with that kind of world. And then, and then I couldn't stop noticing, but in a good way, like Dragon Slayer, Holy Toledo, when the Vermithrax started walking through that cave. And then when you read the, and you guys have talked about this countless times, you go into Starlog and you're like, oh, I know that name, Phil Tippett. Oh, he Return of the Jet, the Rancor. And then all of those kind of synapses start firing. But it all it all started with Harryhausen and with Clash of the Titans for me. And that that just like that cemented that movie as one of like probably at least top five that I will forever and ever be like burned into my brain as like perfect kid movies that will never get old. But that, it was great. Did you bug, you know, your fo- your parents for all the, did you get all the figures and the crap? Oh. So uh, tangentially, it took many, many moons later, but I, one of the first kind of big projects. So let me back up a little bit. When I was a 20th Century Fox, I worked on the um, Super 7 alien figures. The ones that, the reaction figures. Oh, yeah. with, with Frank? Yes, I worked yeah. on that with Frank. So he, Frank is an old friend of mine, and I was part Lovely of guy. that. He's great. So I was part of that, where we where that came to fruition. Okay. Um. So because of that, I got this kind of like, you know, I had this project that had been sitting on the back burner for years. I had started it when I was at Hasbro, and I'd never, I, and Brian, this is exactly what we were talking about kind of in the preamble to the show before you started recording, this kind of idea of, when you want to do a customizing project um, and you don't feel like you either have the right resources or the right time, or it's yeah. not the right moment for you to get started. So after the alien project, I said, now's the right moment. So to, to loop this back around, Jason, I actually went and I did an extended clash of the Titans, Mattel custom action figure set that were completely done with only in era base figures. Oh, wow. And done like what I wanted when that movie came out. Now I'm looking at it right now in my studio. So it's so it's Medusa, and she has a removable head. So like a like so you can reenact that pivotal moment. Awesome. Calabos in movie actual movie accurate costume and color, and a variant with the with the trident hand. Um, Andromeda, Ammon, yeah. Zeus, Perseus with red toga, uh, wow. an accurate sword two boobos and then i did a a fakety mail away project where i offered it out to fans you know i went on the internet and i i went on instagram and facebook and to vintage partners vintage vintage toy fans i had a buddy of mine cast up an invisible perseus non-articulated but he's wearing the helmet and he's a clear figure so you could buy from me the clear perseus i think i remember this Two Bubo owl, owls, one that clips onto his wrist 
and one that perches and the sword I, to I, add to your Clash of the Titans collection. I remember this now. I, the, oh, yeah. Like, why did I not get on this? I don't understand because that. you're lame, bro. <laughs> you, you are lame, Jason. You're super well, lame. Okay, clearly it's a consensus. Oh, and then I also, I also made Giant Scorpions, Medusa's Tomb. What? I made a Medusa's Tomb layer playset out of the Well of Souls and they? also the, the two-headed dog. And it was like, it blew up the interwebs when I put it up there for a while. It went crazy. I ran that, that kit, that, that, that X add-on kit four times, four times people wanted it. And I had to, uh, it was crazy. I wore, we wore the molds out, but that like, that was one of those, like, like things that in your mind's eye, when you're seven, eight, nine years old, you're like, why don't I have these things? Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't, why don't these exist? Like I got. I got the captain, the guard. I got Thalos. I got <laughs> Charon, the ferryman. Yeah, you're a cool skeleton dude. That was a cool figure. Cool. Yeah, he's rad. Perseus and a Calibus that didn't look like Calibus from the movie. So Josh gets his typewriter out when he's a kid. Dear Mattel. Oh, I don't even. Yo, I wrote letters to the editor all the time. Um, <laughs> but that, like that, like that thing, and to this day, I still there's still a dearth of Clash of the Titans stuff. That I yeah. really like, want, and need in my life. Same yeah. thing, with just Harryhausen in general. Yeah. Like, where is the cool? Where is the 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 giant kind of like? Where's the Emir? Where's the creatures from Twenty Thousand Fathom? Like, where is the Sinbad line with the giant golden minotaur? Like, I yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like some amazing entrepreneurial company can like go off and do this. Well, and because he's got such a, it, he has a legacy that's, yeah. that transcends his movies. There are some, I remember there were some statues done or some budget kind of statues, which, which we'll, we should get, we'll, we should hit that. But, but Brian, so what was, what was your first like understanding that the thing you're watching and like, oh, this looks like that guy. Like, I think this is Ray Harry. Oh, I, I can tell you exactly because okay. I, I'll never forget it. Nice. CBS in the news segment you remember those with the, uh -huh. the i can't do the music and it had that guy with the yeah 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 this is christopher and he did a piece yeah. on golden i think golden voyage is that's the one okay. with Kali. no so yeah golden voyage is the one with Kali, right yes. um yeah he did a piece on how that was done introduced oh. ray harryhausen i'm probably like five or six Okay. Maybe even younger. <clears throat> and I never forgot it. And I went through, and I, I've told this to my son and my daughter a bunch of times. Um, I went through a period as a kid where I desperately wanted to be a stop motion animator. Heck yeah. And I wanted to make my own stop motion films. But I grew up in a small suburb of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, my parents had a camera and they were like, yeah, you can use it, you know. Um, but I had no access to any sort of resources to figure this out. You know, like oh, yeah, there, were no, there was no books at my library. No, um, there, there was probably stuff I could have sent away for like in Starlog, but absolutely no idea on how to send away for things because I lived in a different country. Um, so it was a very unrequited, you know, uh, thing I never did with my life. And I remember my son, we gave him an old iPhone when he was probably five. Cool. And um, he made stop motion films with an app on it. That's awesome. And, 
and I just remember like like you know just encouraging the the, the crap out of him going like just keep going keep going because I, I and I you know I said to him I am so so envious and and the other thing I always wanted to be was a comic book artist yep. and my yeah. daughter um would spend uh, she's very kung fu like she'll spend hours and hours and hours practicing something yep. and she did she spent hours on YouTube you know studying how to to draw cool. and she's a fantastic artist now and it's like both my kids kind of lived the a little bit of the reality I wanted to live you know but oh, I awesome. didn't I didn't have the um the resources to do those things and I mean like I you know so I grew up kind of wanting to be um Ray Harryhausen or Dave Allen um as a kid I knew who they were I would read any book that involved giant monsters or you know yeah, and I, I, they I, were meant. I think I think Harryhausen is is mentioned in in one of the Crestwood books and many of the books I could get from my library. So cool. I was very aware and always a fan. And um, you know, I I'm was probably eleven when Clash of the Titans came out, and I was geeked the frig out about it um, uh-huh. because I had never seen. Uh, the, I think the last film he did was Golden Vo- or uh, Eye of the Tiger, Sinbad of the Eye of the Tiger. That, the, that, that was the, 77, and I, I didn't even know I mean, that existed. Is that the Patrick Wayne one? That's the Patrick Wayne one, yeah. Yep. Okay. And, that was, um, I, that, did that get like a re-release? Because I seem to recall seeing that in the theater before Clash of the Titans, but I might be getting my wires Well, from. no, but you, back then, you know, um, movies showed up in matinees without any rhyme oh, or yeah. reason, oh, right? Yeah, I totally. saw... I saw Journey to the Far Side of the Sun when I was 10 at the Brock Theater. That's cool. And I, I was watching it going, I've seen this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like we had on WPIX 11, Channel 11 in New Jersey, every Saturday was like Monster Movie Day. Mm-hmm. And he was either Godzilla or one of, or some, you know, some Toho picture, something, or some old, something like this, some old Harryhausen picture or something. That again, that was a staple where you yeah. could watch a Saturday afternoon monster yeah. movie. God, and, and, it, and, never, you know, it never got it never got old ever. Yeah, and, and speaking of New Jersey, this is the the thing that kind of culminated my Harryhausen love. When I was twenty one, my friend and I got a flyer for a convention in uh, Hackensack called uh, Chiller Theater. I know that very well. And I think this was the second one or something. And Ray Harryhausen was the guest of honor. And um, I said, I had never been very far, but I owned a car. And I said to my friend, do you want to drive all night and go to that? And that's uh, so cool. We just, we just up and left with like probably $200 between us. Yep. And a pack, pack of cigarettes and I got a speeding ticket and we slept in the worst hotels I've ever been in my life. And we met Ray Harryhausen for five minutes, and that was so, so freaking cool. And I like it really changed my life in a way because then it just gave me a taste for that. Yep. And uh, I was never the same. And uh, so I, I, you know, he was the catalyst for me to just like let's drive really far into a place we've never been. That's and, yeah. that's, a, that's a cool adventure. That's yeah. a fun. The thing you said, Josh, about the sat it's so funny you said that about the Saturday monster thing. I when I think of like universal monsters or the you know the classic monsters and yeah. that black one, I don't I don't tend to think of Saturday afternoons for some reason. I think I think of late night, like on a Friday night, horror incorporated that ran in the Twin Cities and you'd go sure. on a of faces and then there was the movie or whatever. That's where all the that's where I remember seeing all the hammer stuff. Hammer I remember 
on a Sunday now and then, and you knew it was a Hammer movie. You could just tell from the look of it and everything. But I associate Harryhausen and the Godzilla movies very much with like a monster Saturday thing on local. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where I think I saw, I don't know if I saw the Patrick Wayne one. It's something about that in the theater rings a bell, but I, I don't think so. It might have been a re-release or something. ABC played it. I remember in the late seventies. Yes, they played. And it was like a big adventure. I just remember it having um, Ernie Anderson, you know, tonight, and um, Sunday night movie. Yeah, it was a Sunday night movie, and it was a big event, like around seventy nine. Yeah, and so I, so so just like you guys saying, like when when Clash of the Titans hit, I went. I thought. I just kind of thought that, oh, here's another Harryhausen movie. Like, he's just going to keep making these movies. Got you know, mm -hmm. I want to see this next level Harryhausen stuff. And, of course, by that point, I'd, I'd seen his name a million times in Starlog and, you know, Famous Monsters and, and stuff like that. And I, I probably only had seen a handful of things that he'd done at that point. Um, but I had, you know, I had Perseus and I had Calabos and I had the, the skeleton guy. Um but that's I know I had Pegasus. I had the I had Pegasus as well. Of course, heck yeah, it came out. Um, never got the Kraken or, or any of that stuff. Um, but I rewatched it. Um, I think it's on HBO Max or yeah, it is. It, it's, either, it's either Netflix or HBO Max. But it just started streaming like I don't know a month and a half ago or something like that. Like it's it's relatively new. And I bet I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's it's much more. Uh, it's much less of an adventure film than a drama to me. Heck it's yeah, a, like a drama, like the the stuff with Zeus and the the politics and and all yeah. that. Um, and I, I I have a huge affection for it. I'm not I'm not like um, you know like like you, Josh, with it. Um, but uh, but it was nice to see it again. And it's like I remember being in the theater. Like I don't know if the toys came first or the movie came first, but sort of waiting for Pegasus and like mm -hmm. waiting for the bad guy to show up and you know waiting for the Kraken. Like I must have seen it all in the packaging or something. Um, but that, but that, you know, retroactively started to understand, you know, who he was and, and what stop motion was, I think with the Rankin Bass stuff. Oh and, yeah. Good call. Good call. You know, I, I, whenever they'd say, oh, yeah. you know, the TV would say, you know, a animated holiday classic Rudolph the Red. And in my brain as a little kid was, well, animated, that means cartoon. That's yeah. a cartoon. That's like, yep you know, cell animation and Bugs Bunny and all that. Like, this is mm -hmm. not, why are they? And so for a little while, I think the wires were weird. And it was like, I thought I was watching some new form of like cell animation. I didn't understand. Oh, really? You know, reach That's your funny. hand. Well, I was like five or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Your hand in and, you know, move these things or touch these things. And I think Harryhausen is where the penny dropped when you'd see that stuff and go, Oh, I get it. Because I also did, you were talking about making little movies. There was a kid down the street uh, that I've mentioned on the show named Mark, who was, he was like, uh, like two years older than me, but we, we hung out all the time. He had everything. Like, you know, if the new ELO record came out and it had the, you know, cut out spaceship, like he had it that day or sure. close Bendy or the Planet of the Apes, whatever. That was me. So he was, was he, in he, my neighborhood. he had, he had everything. And he got a, what do you call it? A, a, you know, a, camera 16 millimeter whatever uh, oh, camera cool. and we would make star wars movies and we made one i still have the photos the set photos from cool. star wars one we did called the astro gem and i was han solo with oh, some naturally not natural pistol and like a, a down vest and he was vader and some other bad guy or something or luke or whatever but we would 
he made he mostly did it, but I would help with these Mr. Bill movies. We'd make these little Mr. Bill <laughs> shorts, which is like stop motion, and then something would fall on Mr. Yep. Bill mm -hmm. with no sound. So you know, we were kind of doing that without kind of knowing that I was doing that I was helping with that in a small way or whatever. But then you know, I, I would love watching things like King Kong or whatever, where you'd sort of see the, you know, you watch King Kong and you can see. It's brilliant seeing where the fingers are touching the fur, like in that stop motion. Mm -hmm. You can see the way the fur is moving, that hands have been on it. It's, it's even worse in the colorized version. Oh, yeah. It's almost unbearable. Yeah, agreed. But I, something, there's something quaint and, and, and amazing to me about... So you didn't grow up with, like... I grew up with, like, Davy and Goliath, Gumby... No. I was uh, just, I was the Wombles. Just to Gumby. Gumby yeah. was, like, another one that it was, like... Once you once you understood how that works and what they were doing in terms of move a little bit, take a picture, move a little bit, take a picture. And I yeah. think I it must have been during Return of the Jedi. There must have been something at, around there where there was either some type of TV special or behind the scenes or what have you, where they finally like. The, the kind of curtain was finally pulled behind pulled open for the way that they did the go motion for the rancor. Yeah, they showed Tippett like, doing all the yeah, yeah. all the Bill Tippett stuff and the and the Tauntaun for Empire, like yeah. all that like that yeah, I remember he, that from the Empire special. And that's where well, I you know what? I actually I have I've still got it. It's the Empire Strikes Back souvenir magazine. Yes. Right? And it has a whole feature on the Tauntaun, like, it, and it ha it shows there was this one photo and to my memory where the Tauntaun has got all like the red molding material over it. It's got the silicone, but it looks really bloody. And I was like, what am I looking at here? But it talks about how they did that, the ad-ats and all that stuff. Like it took it to a completely other level. Yeah. But I had already seen like Sinbad and, you know, um, 20 Million Miles and Jason and the Argonauts, which is one that I absolutely friggin' love. Like, yeah. I've already seen all that stuff. And then you think about, then it went back to be like, well, all those dudes making the Rancor look awesome, that was their past. Like, yes. Harryhausen and, you know, that Willis O'Brien, like, they were, those were the guys that brought this to the fore for my new, for my movies, my yeah. new movies. Yeah. And it not just it, and it just made those films all the better to be like, wow, your technology was janky and you were like doing it like in the, you know, everyone was smoking and it was terrible and it was old and you're all, you know, it's in everybody's like doing this, at, at, you know, it, with like duct tape and spit. And then you've got the dudes making Jedi like here, here's a couple million dollars. Go make a movie like yeah. it just showcases how technically sophisticated and how absolutely good at their craft guys like Harryhausen really were. Well, here the thing that I that I think of when I look back on this stuff and I've revisited some of the movies in the last, like the last 5 6 years. Um and I also think about Jason and the Argonauts because that was this thing as a kid people would go, "Hey, Jason, huh? Where's Hey, where's your Argonauts? Like, shut up. Like, you know, you'd, you'd hear it so many times. And then so I was waiting to see this movie. And when it finally showed up on television, it just kind of blew my mind. The skeleton, you know, fight and everything. Oh, that was amazing. But what's great about some of his stuff, he has these little moments with his creatures where they, they kind of almost act human. Like they're kind of, you know, like 
I forget which one of the Minotaur, someone like kind of shakes their head. Like they sort oh, of yeah. kind of mm-hmm. do a little shake or, or something or brush something away from them. And it's like that, that little insane kind of detail that gave it that extra realism, yep. you know? Um, and yeah, and it just, it all became part of that same soup of the Tauntauns and the Rancor and Harryhausen and Rankin Bass, you know, and Mad Monster Party and all that mm-hmm. stuff. That was this, this thing that you started to understand was an art form, like what, what this thing was. I mean, I, you, we knew that the spaceships in Star Wars were a different kind of special effect. Right. So we always associated stop motion with, with creatures, creatures that, you know, mostly, you know, didn't exist sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, Brian, you were, t- I just thought of this cause I, I'm looking at it over on my shelf right now. I went, Josh, do you remember that bookstore that's in Glendale? <clears throat> I think it's called like the something mystery bookstore or something. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. I'm sure you've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going back maybe, I don't know, 13 years or something. Um, there was going to be an event with Ray Bradbury and Harryhausen cool. uh, just together talking at that bookstore. And I was on some show and I was shooting late and I'm racing to get there. And I parked my car six blocks away and I run to get there and it's already started. And I sneak in and I come around the back. Then I, all I'm thinking is like, I got to grab whatever books they have here. Oh, yeah. the, either of them. <clears throat> and they had no books. And I and I'm like like trying to be stealth and sneaking around back to the counter. Like, wait, are you guys saying you don't have anything for them to sign? They're like, no, we sold out of everything. And I'm I, I'm like, is there anything? Look, there's another bookstore six blocks down. So I ran down to this other bookstore six blocks, found the one book they had, oh my which Lord. was the hardcover Harryhausen book with the yes. intro by Ray Bradbury. Stunning book, by the way. Grabbed the book, didn't pay for it. Ran back, down, <laughs> you know, grabbed the book, paid for it, ran back down, and got there. And for you know, when, as they were sort of finishing up and met them both, and I, I would have been a Chris Farley esque mess by that point. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it, like, you know, yes, it would have been the book would have been drenched. I would, yeah. I would have stepped in a bucket. Like yeah. there, you know, yeah. <laughs> there would eventually there would have been a rake involved some, somewhere. Some bees would be following yeah. me. Yeah, uh-huh. well, totally. the cops were out front going, "You gotta pay." And and I would have hair like a troll doll, like it would just be up and pointed. Well, I was just like, I got back just in time where they were kind of you know, the last twenty minutes and wrapping things up, and how they knew each other from way back, and they've been friends forever. And then the signing, and so I got the that that book is signed by both of them on that. That's awesome. That's freaking yeah. awesome. That is. Yeah, so I, cool. I have the Valley cool. of Guanji Laserdisc. Nice signed on my stairs um that right. I, walk by, I can't play the laser disc anymore obviously yeah. but um i i walk by that every day and it reminds me of that fun weekend um where i got about three hours sleep <laughs> Heck yeah see that's the good stuff and those, yeah. and again he's when you learned where like all like i said when you learned where all this stuff came from and it, i just had a better appreciation for all the stuff that came after. Yeah. And that yeah. really just like, and again, and it started to make me see things differently, like the the hollow chess, the Dajaric table in Star Wars. Like right. that that completely changed what that little thing was. Well, uh, also, didn't even Xena was appreciative for me of that? Yes. You know? 
Yes, they Ar- do. Army of Darkness, you know. Oh, Army of Darkness. Well, it's like a p- near perfect film. I mean, you but didn't, they, didn't didn't he coin a? Wasn't it called Dynamation? Didn't he? Dynamation. Coin, yeah, or was that that? Dynamation. Yeah, Dynamation. I think so. I think that was him. Yeah, I think so. That was his. That was what you know because not I mean, to be he did, confused with Super Marionation. That's right. right. That's often, right. Which often happens. It does. Uh, but he he did, did you know he learned from because he got on Mighty Joe Young. Yep. And so Willis O'Brien was on that too. He was mm-hmm. like his kind of was that how that worked? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of mentory sort of relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did. So he did learn from a guy, but that guy was making it up as he went too. Oh yeah. And, you know, yeah. but the Harryhausen comes in and makes it something else entirely. King Kong and Mighty Joe Young are like they were essentially proving grounds for how this thing could actually exist in the world. That was really like that was a mind blow. If yeah. you you walk into Mighty Joe Young and 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 King Kong, whoa 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 whoa, that's like a real ape fighting with a dinosaur. Like how? Yeah. What, holy crap! Like that is that is that was those were both game changing pictures. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible. Um, and then he did was his first official one. Uh, Beast from twenty thousand. It wasn't, and it wasn't that. Wasn't it something to do with Bradbury too? The Beast from twenty thousand. Probably. No, no. Um, yeah, Beast. Yeah, you're right. Beast from twenty thousand thousand was based on a Ray Bradbury short story. That's right. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was getting. I was getting it mixed up with the uh, the octopus movie that the name is failing me, but he could only afford five tentacles. It came from beneath the sea. That there was the we next, go. Thank that you. was the next one. That was his next movie. Yeah. Or, and the working title was Eight Tentacles, and he went, listen, I got some good news, and I got yeah. some bad news. I just think it's funny that the budget, you know, like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do eight. You know? <laughs> but, but guys, 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 the movie's about a giant octopus. Oct, sorry. by the way, gentlemen, <laughs> is Latin. Never mind. Can't you just sorry, make no. of them look really different, and then no one would really notice? They think it was it's one of the eight. Be, um, it, we're actually, this is as a pentup. It's a pentapus. Yeah. <laughs> you can edit that out because that's this is a family show. Yeah, um, right. That's, that's what his, you think. Yeah. So that so that was his first, twenty thousand fathoms was his first like official. He's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Right. And like, yeah. And I gotta go back to something we were we had touched upon earlier in the in the show is like he's one of those. We're but we're all collectors on this on this call. All of us in in our own ways. Either it's plastic landfill garbage that's going to eventually, you know, ruin our children's lives. Brian, that's you and I, and we're gonna nerd hummels, nerd hummels, or music, or DVDs, or media, what have you. We're yeah. all there. Um, yeah. the gene, yes. Harryhausen, and you know his ovure. There has been, aside from you know, folks like X Plus in Japan. Like there has been such a lack, and I think um, I think maybe Figma too. Figma did a couple things; they did skeletons, but they're, they're like like st- stationary sort of. Yeah, there's so there's been such a lack. Like I can like Clash of the Titans. Uh, Gentle Giant did three statues. They did a Medusa, they did a Kraken, and they did a Calabos. I had all three of them. They were really beautifully done, but they were all out of scale with one another. And that made me insane. The Kraken was the same size as Calabas. And I was like, no, man, check, please. I'm out. This isn't cool. You Um, want coffee table size Kraken. Lay it on me, brother. Uh, They also did, and uh, General Giant also did a beautiful resin and like vac metal plated bubo statue. 
the owl, which I still have, which is app, which is gorgeous. That is a beautiful piece, like little, you know, jewels for eyes. Uh, that's a gorgeous piece. The Mattel stuff, of course. Um, but then like, then it's kind of it. There, there really wasn't a lot afterward. Well, and then you've got folks like X plus and also Figma that did, um, they did the Minotaur, they did a couple other, you know, they've done, they did some stuff, but it was all like onesie twosies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let's rewind just for one second though. And Josh, I'm sure you can comment on this. And Brian, I bet you can because of catalogs. It wasn't there plans for like a role play set or a, a large like talking bubo or whatever or something like the original line had it was there was there was more. yeah there was a play set for the good. figures yep. mm -hmm. um i know that when i was buying a bunch of mattel stuff i was more interested in the space 1999 stuff from a former sculptor there was a zeus head yes i've seen that, it yeah, yeah i know the owner or i knew i knew who did own it i don't know if he still owns it yeah. um and uh, so, yeah, they were, they were hoping to expand it. They were hoping to be it would be, you know, a Star Wars. And it yeah, it kind of it kind of no offense. It kind of came and went. It um, did. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was not a hit when it came out. It was a hit, but it was like it just I think the problem is, is that a lot of these movies, they just didn't linger. Um, yeah. Good call. Like Star Wars was a, like Star Wars was an anomaly. Uh, it was something we were still talking about two years later. And a lot of these toy lines that we got, you know, Star Trek or the Black Hole or, or it, there wasn't enough to keep the momentum going right. after after the film had left theaters. You know, like I think Buck Rogers toys sold well for a couple of years because there was a weekly series. But, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But uh, what, the Clash of the Titans just fell in that same thing. A lot of stuff did. Where it, you know, movies were a risky gamble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yep. they, they had been a risky gamble up until I think around Planet of the Apes when, but Planet of the Apes, you know, had like five movies in a TV right, series. And, show and their cartoon. I yeah. Mean, there was no, you're right, Brian, there was no derivative media to keep this thing cooking. Yeah. Right? And yeah. to keep kids' mind share. Um, but just to add on to the other Mattel stuff, there was a, I think there was a Bubo alarm clock. There was like a radio alarm clock. There oh, was wow. a lunchbox, a metal thermos lunchbox. And then there was also an absolutely beautiful hardcover, um, like story of the movie comic book adaptation, which is awesome. So those things got the, the, the Bubo, 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 Bubo was like the store that you get when you have the plague, I think. Yes. That's, that's, his name was Bubo, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Did the so the Bubo clock got made? Yeah, that's out. You can you can find that. It's like a Bubo. It's like a it's like a radio alarm clock. It's am I crazy cool. or were they going to make a a role play like a full scale Bubo as a toy when that first line came out? I, mean, I picture that in the in a, in a catalog that I've seen somewhere. Am I wrong? I think it's not on Plaid Stallions. Yeah, uh, I know, Brian. You've got, you got, got, got the catalog page there. Yeah. Got it. yeah, is the chipboard the chipboard playset? was pretty cool it was kind of like the death star the palatoid death star yeah it's just it's just they, they, i think they were struggling what to do with it half uh, yeah yeah really cheap. Yeah, there, there was there was a role play set of a helmet a shield and a sword proposed ah! and and there right. is a full-sized bubo toy um i i gotta i gotta admit bubo really felt um forced mer merchandise oh yeah like, like little forced? robot it's a yeah. cute robot. It's like yeah. R2, you know? 
but I, like when I was t- eleven, I thought that I thought, oh boy, here we oh, go. He, so it came out in. Hold on a second. Uh, I just thought they got Burgess Meredith to train him. They thought this guy one and two. Let's get him to train Perseus. He can do this. Sugar Crisp did a uh, promotion with that movie um, when it cool. came out, and I still have my black hole lunchbox with a what? Bubo sticker on it. That's rad. So I was five or six when this came out, and I saw it in the theater. And so, like again, I was prime for a oh, like, yeah. every toy, all the stuff. Bubo as a cute sidekick, like give it right to into my veins. Like let me have it right now. Like mainline it right there. This is what I'm talking about. Big monsters, heroic <laughs> dude. Years later, years later, I didn't realize how absolutely amazing judy bowker looked especially when she's under a trance it's but we'll talk about that later and the after dark version well, of it. there isn't there a, there's a scene with a, a booby right oh well, yes there is oh there's friend. a scene with the bottom maybe i think little... there's i think there's a little bit of both i think okay. there's a little bit of both i think there's i think there's actually harry hamlin bottom oh well see that's what i put in my my junior high review of the film <laughs> 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 extra extra star for the bottoms, two bottoms up. Did you guys know that Bubo is was made by everyone's favorite action figure, Pat Roach? What? He plays Hephaestus. Uh Pat Roach, the German mechanic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I mean, it's a hell of a cast. I'm not gonna lie. That's oh no, other... it, it is star studded. Like that yeah. movie, like again, years later, I'm like, holy Toledo, this movie's out of control. And then what also was kind of like a fun again, one of those Saturday afternoon movie days, I'm watching and gargoyles is playing. Oh wow. Oh wow. Right? And yeah. the main the dude, the lead gargoyle is Calabas. Oh, and I thought the lead gargoyle was Bernie Casey. No, it's the same dude who played Calabas. Oh. See, I, look, here's what's weird. When I when I was identical. It's and, the I same, and I was like, holy crap, Neil McCarthy, same guy. And I was like, wow. Oh my god. So and then, then the rabbit hole, and I'm like, okay, I'm guess I'm watching this now. And that was that was what was up. See, R- I, running running toast of London joke, Tim Piggott Smith is Thallow. And and I, I, I had no idea. And he I was, had Tim Piggott Smith was in um, Mask of Mandragora. He's oh, in that. Doctor. No. Yeah. So, oh, his... It all comes back to it, we're actually Who. we're actually contractually obligated to oh, Doctor Who. Every I it all comes back to Doctor Who with you. I, I thought uh, my ear that heard him in Clash of the Titans for some reason I thought it was Roddy McDowell. Oh, I, Roddy I McDowell was in heavy makeup. I can hear that. This nasty guy. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you got the, the wide shot, you know, the full shot where, you know, it's stop motion. And I could kind of notice as a kid, I suppose it was like, oh, yeah, that's that's not him or, you know, whatever. But I, I think I had the figure first and I knew he had the he had like one leg and a hoof. Right. Isn't that how? It oh, went? yeah. So that yeah. that Great. opening the opening scene in the movie where Zeus is basically like talking trash. Yes. Mom, and he's like. He hunted and destroyed my flight, my you know, my all of my Pegasus and only one of the Banes. And he's like, I'm gonna curse him. And yeah. then his human, the silhouette, the animated silhouette goes from a man and he kind of like writhes in pain. He puts his hands up to be horns and like he mutates. That was terrifying yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. 
that was, was pretty good. Terrifying. And he puts down the, the like the the like maligned calabos into the middle of the Colosseum. And his mom, Dame Maggie Smith, is like, oh, and he's like this horrible thing with a human foot and a hoof and the tail. And I was like, whoa. Like, that, yeah, again, yeah. that was and, like, this movie is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> it was so good. Zeus is kind of an asshole. I mean, he's like this asshole dad. Oh, that, that not only is he having affairs up the wazoo, you know, he's doing this to his kid or whatever oh, and you know, yeah. all this like it was I, I i was surprised how dark it was watching it again like it's yeah. it's it's you know it's kind of nasty that whole thing was zeus but i mean my god maggie smith ursula andrus it's, Susanna it's York, star studded uh, uh it might have been Meredith. i mean come on hamlet's I, uh, first movie? was it hamlet's first movie maybe uh yeah i think so i um uh, i saw him everything after that the next one was making love and let me tell you that was hard to explain to my parents oh lord there's but, a still a classic yeah, the 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 weapons from that movie that again and we all went through our our greek mythology phase we all were kind of like you know enthralled and we read all the books and what have you but oh, yeah. his sword the divine temper that's what it's called with that u-shaped um hilt, that name. the divine yeah the u-shaped hilt and that oh, the hilt, the, the hilt yeah, yeah and the giant kind of big medallion on the pommel like that in my kid brain, still probably to this day, there were three weapons when I was a kid. Oh, that I know. Were like, I know what that, one of them. That were the things. So lightsaber, of course, was one. That that just is like, uh -huh. come on, lightsaber. Uh -huh. The divine temper was the other, uh -huh. and the glaive from Krull. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say the glaive. Of you I did. Jason warned me about your Krull thing. <laughs> Who doesn't love? I mean, come on, it's come on, come so on. So many vistas. It's, um, I thought if the next word out, of, it was like the newlywed game. Like I know he's going to say glaive. I promise you, say glaive. If you had said anything other than glaive, I'd be like, Would you have lost a lot of money? Would you have lost a lot of money? You probably would. Izzo and put him on the phone. I this isn't Josh Izzo. It that, can't be. Would have said glaive. I I could do. We could have an entirely other podcast all about. <laughs> my devotion to crawl and how good that movie is but that's not what we're here for folks that's not why we're here well that's a tease for part two we'll do we'll do a sequel just that about. and megaforce we'll put those together <laughs> that would i would actually enjoy that i would, that would be change that one to brian hurts josh's feelings <laughs> <laughs> that would be a classic. Uh, oh, but, but I have thought that the little the little swords that came with, you know, the figures, like the little sword that came with Perseus, mm -hmm. I remember thinking, this is kind of a cool, this is kind of a cool design to to really make it like stay in his hand. Like they were trying I, to emulate the sword from the, the mm -hmm. movie. And they kind of there, but the way it was like half and half kind of thing. But right. I couldn't think that was cool. It, it we so I've heard you guys talk about this multiple times on multiple shows, and I completely relate to how you've how you've discussed this. Where we are that we were the children that noticed when the things were off, oh, and yeah. the things were wrong. Not in like not in like a, a jerky way, but in kind of like a personal. Well, I I, I that matters to me way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. so like. Uh, you know, it, it's going to sound ridiculous. You know, Boba Fett, when he came out, he had, you know, the Imperial Stormtrooper Blaster. Okay, fine. 
that's not the gun that he had in the movies. So by the time <laughs> Return of the Jedi rolls around, could they have tooled up his blaster? Probably. <laughs> but like that sword mm. forever ch- chapped my rump six <laughs> because it was so wrong to me. Which is why I made. That's what I love one. about toys now. Because it Cause didn't I, have a pointy end, like because it was rounded. It, because it did, yeah. It had so it had the 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 hilt itself, cross guard, faced downward, and then it had another little U shaped one that came up from the bottom. So all the kind of shapes were there, but they were inverted. They were wrong. Right. And this is why on when I did that kit, when I did that thing, I made an actual movie accurate sword because i was like no perseus should have his real sword and i shield gold like that was one of those like childhood things that was like i love this toy line but this just there's just something inherently not right here that i need that i need to fix i'm glad you you brought this up i'm glad that you went there because i think one of my earliest memories of getting a toy (laughs) getting a toy home and opening it up and going fucking ripoff this is a ripoff you know it was like was the was the pegasus the pegasus oh. is a oh, plant horse that i would see on you know little girls shell now, my cousins had you know collected horses that didn't they mm-hmm. just were broke poses like that's all it is and then and then two rubber wings that stuck on the sides and it was and like 1150 or whatever it was <laughs> unarticulated holy like like you had so you know the Tauntaun had articulation. The Dubak Patrol had articulation. Like, come on, man! You could no, no, okay. Now here's the thing. I will defend here. I will. I will give some because I had and still have. It's one of my prized possessions. The Knickerbocker Ring Wraith and Genius Horse, Beautiful. which Beautiful. I got when the movie came out, and they yes. I have I have kept them perfect. All they've gone with me everywhere they're one of my favorite things ever one of the most metal action figures ever made but that horse doesn't move but it comes with a a saddle and you know goes around in a shield and you know hold on but hold on time out and you guys will have the dates for these i know you will or uh, some approximation did the um did the zorro and the butch and sundance and the legends of the old west did those come out before or after the clash line? They came out. Uh, they, they, they some were... came out before the Zorro came out around the same time or after. And but, so, 79. And those yeah. had the little button on the side that moved the legs. Okay. Them... So there you go. So Mattel, it's not like there wasn't a precedent for a. Oh yeah. But Mattel recycled every little That's thing. I, I knew that as a kid. Good like call. Mork had a Battlestar Galactica body. Good call. And, yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it just, it's a every, like, it's like every a cell in that line was newly tooled. That was the thing. There yeah. was no reuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, so they, just they just said Pegasus. Or, like, they just said, grab the white horse we put out 30 years ago. Uh, that we did. Yeah. Throw, and throw a, you know, and re, retool it to add those wings to it. County so, fairs, carve in a couple of wings, put, get some rubber wings, and we're done. Put it in a box. Like, that's, and that, and again, this is one of those things where as a kid, I'm like, wait, what? So Star Wars, I've got Luke, I've got Leia, Han, Chewie, I've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader. I have a clear good guy, bad guy, childhood conflict, you know, um, play pattern. 
I can reenact that movie right here. I have a good guy fights a bad guy. Awesome. Done. Full stop. It was rad. When Indiana Jones came out, same thing. You know, all the, you know, everything in our little pocket of all the kind of movie tie-ins, Star Trek, there were, you know, here's good guys, bad guys, whatever. The fact that there was no Medusa was like such a weird omission to me that you, you you got the Kraken, which was awesome, but Medusa was the thing that stopped it. And I like, because you, you know, to, to be honest with you, I, I think Mattel, and I would, this is something I've been noticing lately, Mattel's figure assortments for every property they had, you know, um, Star, uh, Flash Gordon, Battlestar Galactica, Clash of the Titans were always weird and missing characters. Yeah. Characters that you wanted. That's like, so strange to me. Uh, Battlestar Galactica has got to be the worst one. And I was actually going to do a video on this, but I might as well rant about it now. Late on you us. got two good guys and a dog. Yep. Three dog. bad guys. Mm-hmm. And like the two good guys aren't even like the, the, the you know, you got Starbuck, an old old guy and yeah. a dog. And, you know, and then Apollo. I mean, come on. Where's Apollo? Right. And then the villains, you oh, know, of course, they, they stupidly chose to do Imperious Leader, who wasn't featured very much after. Right. But, you know, then they did Ovion, and they, they just kind of... So then the second wave comes around, and what do they give you? They give you um, two kick-ass characters, I think, Baltar yeah. and, and, uh, and, and Lucifer, who Lucifer. were featured on the series. <laughs> yeah, that's an More thing. bad guys, a gold, a gold um, Cylon, and a creature that was featured in one episode. But like about a Cylon. Yeah, you know I mean? they, like, yeah, you, I get you. you. I get you. Bad guy. You have the main bad guy. Like an army builder kind of thing. And, you and yeah. even Flash Gordon, you have Flash <clears throat> and you have Ming. So even at the, even even at the most basic level, you can have good guy, bad guy, you know, meta conflict. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true though. They they I bugged me as a kid. They never made Dale and they never made Baron. Right. Yeah. So, Man or Dale glaring omission. Yeah, and I, I don't think oh. I think men are only in. I think they're maybe one or two episodes. Lizard women show up now and then, but it, it is a weird. It is kind of a weird assortment when you but think you, about. It. And but, and they made his boots silver. Talk about talk about a thing that bugged me as a kid. There you go. See, they made his boots silver, which I can only imagine is somebody going. Well, you know, make it more spacey. You know, yeah. make it more yeah. like right. you know, they slapped silver silver moon boots on him or whatever it was but yeah that did seem to be kind of a a, a weird mattel thing that they would but if, but i look would. at the i look at the line the clash line and it, it during it, with the advent of star wars okay you have two humans both basically wearing togas okay you yeah. have charon who is a dude in a robe and all you see is a skeleton face and the calabas who's a cool monster he was a cool monster don't get me wrong yeah my mom wouldn't buy him for me. Because he's, he's scary. He's a scary monster. He and looked like arc. hell, she said. The card arc for those. <laughs> That's right. Love that. But with the advent of Walrus Man, you know, Snaggle to like the, the cast of weirdos of Star Wars, you'd think something like, um, and this is maybe where Mattel fell into that trap, the Beast Man, the Lizard Woman, Daggett, all of those kind of like weirdos. Were they thinking to themselves, "Oh, Star Wars has all those freaky deaky weirdos"? Well, I Let's think they that. were, yeah. yeah. But then why? Then something like Medusa, 
which could have been a very well, interesting monster weirdo character, seems like a natural fit rather than Thalo, the captain of the guard. But wasn't she kind of, wasn't she kind of nude from like the neck down? Well, yeah, but she, you could have faked that with just snake scales. She's just a snake person, you know? You could just fake it. But it, like, it's, it, 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 why not? Um, naked snake people, that's all kids want. That. I don't, I just figured. I Google I that every day. I, th I think she, I think, I think she is, she is nude, but uh, oh, yeah. maybe that was it. But yeah, it would have been. But then again, you know, it, there's not a lot of creature stuff in the movie, kind of. Like there's when you, I mean, it's really you get the the kraken and you have the scorpions, but two headed, the double headed, the two headed dog, the giant vulture, and a dog. Oh, the giant vulture. Yeah, that's so Burgess weird. Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Come um, on, kid. <laughs> Does, does Perseus punch meat in that movie? Does he like train with yeah? He, and leaves um, an arrow. You have you know, there's so there are like Harryhausen-y creatures, but they are I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, the scorpions, the giant vulture, the two-headed dog, and Medusa all would have been essentially the same kind of price point and style that that um, Pegasus would have been. They're all kind of larger creatures. They're not necessarily human-sized. Don't so you think the mid-price point stuff as opposed to the large play sets? Yeah, that, true. that would have been a pretty good rollout. I mean, what yeah. let's go let's go back to Hercules Legendary Journeys. Um right. they I did a figure that. line with figures, and yep. then they did a, a larger size line with Medusa, Sir mm -hmm. all those characters. And you, you kind of look at it and go, like, yeah, that's what Mattel should have done. I um but, don't you think, though, and Josh, I'm not, I'm not uh, taking anything away from your love of this because I, I, I enjoyed it then and I enjoyed it now. But watching it again, I felt like it was one of these strange sort of like, I don't remember the studio, but I think they probably, I mean, everybody sort of, if it was fantasy or, you know, sci-fi related, everybody, the watermark was Star Wars, obviously. Oh, they were trying to make a Star Wars, but Greek. And, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's 100%. It, it, it's it was not a hero's it's journey. Good it's not, evil. Yeah, it's not a mile a minute. Nope. It's, it does not move quickly. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It it I, it, it takes its time, and it's and I, everybody that got that signed on was like going, "Oh, ka-ching! This is uh, this is going to be you know like a Star Wars, and I'm getting in on this thing yep. because mm -hmm. it's going to be huge." So I, I feel like it also kind of it it it's sort of visually, and you look at the the photos or the designs or whatever it's all there but then the, the finished package is it kind of takes its time i mean it really it really kind of takes its time to get going so i wonder if if when the finished product came in that it was i mean i i think and even in comparison to harryhausen's other stuff like what's the one with what's the one with uh patrick troughton is that the one uh, no tom baker's in the one before tom baker's in my favorite harryhausen film uh and which we should just do a whole episode on is sinbad movies sinbad oh, uh, and the uh, of uh, he's in he's in the golden voyage golden voyage and then Brilliant. 77 right yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Tiger 77 i think golden voyage is 74 i think 73 73 yep. and uh that you know, that features my favorite Sinbad and John Philip Law. And, of course, it's got Carolyn Monroe in it. Yep. Good call, dude. Good call. Yeah. But, but that even those move faster than Clash of the Titans. Those, so 
So those are no. I would actually say golden or golden or uh, sorry, Eye of the Tiger is slower than Clash of the Titans. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Golden Voyage feels like Golden Voyage feels like an old pulp film, and it feels very serial esque, and that kind of moves. But Sinbad, I'm Brian. I, I agree with you. It has that same kind of tenor, that same yeah. kind of like slow adventure film. Eye of the Tiger. You mean Eye of the yeah, Tiger? Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. That, in fact, Brian, I prefer Clash yeah. to Eye of the Tiger. Brian, isn't Patrick Troughton in Eye of the Tiger? Uh, he's in. I know he's in Jason and the Argonauts. Was oh, he is. Doctor yeah, Doctor yeah. Doctor I believe Doctor. he's the old blind beggar that they keep stealing. Yes. Uh, the little, the little um, gremlins keep stealing his stuff. Um, I'm to watch that again. Yeah, I think Patrick Troughton is in. Is in um, because you had to have a Doctor Who actor somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doctor I think you're right. Not our fault that everything comes back to Doctor Who. Just... I, you know what? I'm here for it. I, I too am a Doctor Who fan. I, I mean, there is, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm, uh, but my, but my, who, my Who fandom diverges greatly from yours because I'm a child and you are both old grandparents. Oh, so, uh, here we I go. prefer to be called Pop Pop. In fact, in fact, I think the way Baker told it for years was he got the part. Tom Baker got the part because uh, that. Uh, Sinbad movie was playing in Leicester Square. Cool. And, you know, well, whoever... he got the part because he begged for a job. Well, That's well, it was kind of, exactly. But he, but somebody, you know, his name came up because the letter was, you know, all this stuff. And then someone said, "Well, what's he like?" And they were like, "Well, he's in this movie right up the street." And then yeah. they went and saw the Sinbad. Yeah, movie. Barry Letts took everyone to the movies on, on the taxpayers' dime, as Harryhausen. You know, in a way, Harryhausen kind of. Is partially responsible for Tom Baker becoming the greatest. He is well, partially also, responsible. I gotta say, Harryhausen is also responsible, it to a degree, for my favorite Star Wars character, Chewbacca the Wookiee, because uh, Peter Mayhew played the Miniton in Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. That's right. Boy, so there's a lot going on there, eh? Wow, so, that's right. He is my favorite Star Wars character. See, I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was. Uh, uh, Prouse, but you're Jar -Jar? right. It was, no, it was no, no, no. Not Jar Jar. It was. It was. <laughs> Jar Jar. It was Peter Mayu as the Minotaur, and that and that was like they. That was one of those kind of, again those circuitous things. Were like, wow, you're a tall dude. We need more tall dudes. He was yeah. a thing. Why don't you call that guy because he's tall and he's done. He's done creature. He's done creature effects, and then right. that's how they got Peter Mayu. See now, this this is a great way to sort of connect it and bring it home a little bit. Let's talk about the 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 generations of directors and the specific genres and whatever that have been influenced by Harryhausen, like directly that say, if not for him, you know, Spielberg and oh heck yeah. Well, I mean, and, we're right now. We're literally in the season. Um, we're gonna my family. We're gonna watch it in two weeks. But like Henry Selleck's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. Like. Holy Toledo, like Burton, Henry Selleck, that uh, those two, those those guys alone would not be where they are if not for Harryhausen. Oh I mean, yeah, full stop. Yeah, full oh stop. yeah. You get the sense that all the Pixar guys love his stuff. Oh, totally. They got all the guys up at Leica. I mean, Coraline, all that. The entire Leica universe yeah. owes its existence to these guys, to like the Willis O'Briens and to the Harryhausens of the world. Um, I mean, not, not Acton, like Guillermo, aren't they big? They're big. Oh, area. Yeah. Oh, massive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of, he's one of those guys that you, everybody has seen something 
and has a reference or knows or or knows a movie or has seen a scene or has see, seen a still or something from his movies yeah. and it's all locked up in the back of their heads like once you say it ray harry he did that don't you know he clash of the tight or or that move or that sin but like everyone can call something up and be like oh yeah i remember watching that as a kid or oh yeah that movie or to your point jason like full-on like that inspired me to go make stop motion animation right. like that, that it, it just it's it's it is it, what it is in our world now it's it's he he was you know one of the grandfathers of that of that medium and changed it a lot isn't it's a kind of a general i guess a general fact that i mean you can improve on the technology you can improve on the number of faces you swap out to put in to say two words or whatever but the the core of stop motion hasn't really changed much from his days right i mean it's essentially you know a wire armature with oh yeah mm -hmm. you know, on it and you have a, a bigger team obviously he's like you yep. said he's doing it with masking tape and you know bubble yeah. gum gluing it together and stuff but the actual essence of what he did isn't it still kind of the gold standard like the way it was done there's no there's no better way to do it than what what no. was done it's 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 um it's the the actual sculptures are made differently now so they're instead of them being like you know made out of asbestos and you know cancer causing articles they're all you know foam latex so things move easier and the armatures won't be so you know are are sturdier um but yeah it's essentially i move my little guy take a still frame, move it some more. The yeah. Computers can't do fill-ins on this. So right. it's still the exact same technology that it yeah, was in like the 1970s. Ardman, and you know, th those Ardman's movies were like a treat when they came on TV. Like they were True. special. Cool. Uh, when I, when Valley of Guanji came in, I remember my parents, we were Catholics, we went to church. And the movie for the Sunday afternoon was Valley of Guanji. And it was like the happiest thing to happen to me you know like oh my god you know like uh what a wonderful lottery <laughs> that was and um i really seriously miss this kind of filmmaking cgi is is nice but um it's it's not quite the same for me no, like I'm, that that remake of clash of the titans uh, is one uh, of the most forgettable things i've it. ever witnessed pack um, up your stuff and get out don't ever yeah. talk to me again <laughs> yeah but no, isn't that funny that that's we had these shows that came on in reruns or mm -hmm. Saturday Sundays or whatever. Like you know, we we latched on to Star Trek or you know whatever the things were. But to to have a full full movie that would be on that was you know like a like a like a Godzilla or whatever. Because mm -hmm. we watched any we watched everything you know before I devoured we, it all devoured we, it all. You guys have talked about this countless times. Like there yeah. was no internet. So we, when something like that just all of it. Yeah, it was just like you just, you just, you sat through the commercials. You never went to the bathroom. You just you sat said it, there. Bro. You said it. Look it in because this is it. I have to see this thing. And it, it, was, mm -hmm. a, it was a good, it was a, you know, a very good feeling to, to see that stuff, to grow up with that stuff and understand who he was and, you know, what he did and everything. And he, um, you know, like I said, I, I watched, uh, what was I watching recently? It was the, uh, what's the Bigfoot one that, that Leica did? Um, Oh, Missing Link. Missing Link. That was great. Wonderful, wonderful movie. And they had some making of stuff and just the the time it takes for this stuff and the patience these people have to have to, you know, to do all this stuff. But um, it kind of is the same thing that that he was doing, only he was kind of a, 
you know, one man show with the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Agreed. It, extraordinary. Did he, and he won, did he win a special Oscar for Clash of the Titans or did he win an Oscar? Don't know. Ray Harryhausen won a special Oscar, I believe, in the 1990s. I remember I was flipping channels and all of a sudden it was this montage of Ray Harryhausen stuff, which made me stop. And And he he was accepting a special Oscar. So he he did get an honorary Oscar. And um, I think that was Gosh, when was that? Let, let me uh, let me. Pretend he was. To... What's What's great about him too is that he really, you look at a guy like him and a guy like Ray Bradbury. Ninety-two. Not only, not only oh. did they love this stuff, you know, and and sort of took to it, but they truly were. They were nerds. I mean, they were yeah. like, weren't they in some Los Angeles science science fiction club? Yeah. Like, totally. yeah, some... and that's where they met. Um, uh, Forey, I think. And yep. they all- yeah, no, that's that's how Forey met. Uh, yeah, the two of them, and yeah, they were they were actually quite uh, quite good friends. They were the they were the precursor to, you know, they they fanboyed out about stuff back then. Well, and- but I mean, they were it, it, who, if you were to do that, they those were the guys that were doing it, right? You know what I mean, like, there's no one else in 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 the industry in the world that was like. You're making monster movies playing with toys. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. are you taking right. that? Like, that's not high film. That wasn't high cinema. That was you're making kids pictures. So you, they found, they found the us of the, the, the you know, their people that they could commiserate with that understood and spoke that they, they had their own secret handshake. And yeah. that was cool because, you know, that begets new ideas and new stories and new technologies. And that's how those kind of, relationships grow and foster you know like me meeting me meeting jason and talking about crazy stuff like that and our shared love of um of twin peaks and this and the other thing and me meeting brian and talking about things like stick wars and migo like that's how all these relationships grow and are fostered yeah it's our our secret handshakes and they had that back then with these with these movies which was amazing yeah it's just like bonding you're bonding yeah. over something you love and and that's that's how friendships are made you're absolutely but I, right but, but what's cool about when i think about that like like my mom um my mother was into sci-fi you know still is but like she was reading asimov and heinlein and herbert and all this stuff you know in the early 60s and you know late 50s early 60s and i always think you know who was she talking to how could she have had a friend within a country mile that (laughs) any reference for what she was talking about so these guys back then it's like they found there couldn't have been a ton of those guys walking around that were into the the, maybe that's why maybe that's why geek culture is so popular now is the internet is we all can find someone to talk to about it good call yeah yeah Yeah, i think so and 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 i appreciate the fact that i found guys like you that share these passions and are you know doing this doing this to say, hey, I know that, you know, you're you're giving a signal boost to all of those guys out there and girls out there that are like, I love these things too. Come, you know, there's uh, there are people out there that want to talk about how, what the influences are, how these have changed us as people, how these have taken us in new directions in our careers and our personal lives. And Brian, I know you mentioned that, you know, you and your wife have this unironic shared love of Xena Warrior Princess and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, how that changes people it's mildly ironic oh no it it has to be totally unironic 
<laughs> but it's yeah, no, I agree. It's it is it, the internet. One of the wonderful things it's done is how people, the good the good side of it is people finding each other in a way that would have taken a lot longer, you know, back in the day. And it's become more inclusive with more people that right. are into more things and whatever. All right, so let's wrap this up. Let's leave it with this, Josh. Why I'm gonna put a pin in this. I think we should do a follow up Perry Housen episode. What do you guys think? I'm 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 game always because we we kind of stuck to Clash of the Titans and I think there's more in his well, milieu. Only if we can only if we can get some glaive conversation. Oh yeah, we have to throw Krell in there because if we can't talk about stop motion if without talking about the crystal spider and <laughs> the beast because that just has to happen. We'll do it. We'll do that. It mean I have to finish watching Krell? Yes, right we'll now. It. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, and then all the all the things Harryhausen esque in all these other movies we can talk about. Oh it yeah, now. that'd be awesome. But, but Josh, why don't you tell us what what would be your all time favorite Harryhausen creature from a Harryhausen film? Oh, that's it's that's it's Medusa. Full Medusa. Stop. Yeah, right. she she just everything about everything about that whole scene from music to cinematography, lighting, her menace. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Medusa's only on screen for like three and a half minutes. Truly, she really is. It's not yeah. it's not long, yeah. scene, but it is so perfectly built and made. And also she basically, you know, she saves the movie beyond from beyond the grave. Like she's already dead and she still saves the day. That yeah. creature just blows yeah. my mind. Brian, you? I would have to go with the, um, I don't know if it's Shiva or Kali oh, from Golden oh, Voyage. I that yeah. blew my mind yep. when I was a kid, and yep. um, it continues to do so. It, it's just that is my favorite Harryhausen film. Awesome, and um, yeah, that that's that's got to be it. And there's there's a lot of cool creatures in that one. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, yeah. my favorite creature uh, from a Harryhausen film is Ursula Andress, actually. <laughs> Excellent so, choice, sir. I'm, and that's it. Check, please. Good way I'm not sure she's a special effect, but oh, um... she, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> in my house, she is. I even uh, had the Marvel comic of that Golden yep. Voyage. Mm -hmm. totally. uh, this has been a blast, Josh. I'm so glad we. Could yeah, this, this was a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and and I'd love to do it again. We will absolutely do this again. Thank you for for being on. Thanks for being such a big fan of the show and digging it and always telling me when when you I do. Know. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Are you guys gone? No, I'm no, still here. Okay. Wait, Hang wait. on. I'm just going to stop recording.